All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome or welcome back to the HC Conversations podcast. This is a podcast where two pastors just sit down and talk about the intersection of life and faith and how those things work together as we just attempt and try to pursue and follow Jesus in the real world. Um, my name is Phil. I'm one of your hosts. And my name is Paul, and I'm your other host. Yes. Uh, so we're excited to be hanging out today, and we'll see where this thing goes. We do have a topic to talk about today. Paul, why don't you let us know what it That's is? That's right. We've got a listener, uh, not a listener request, because we're not playing music, but we've got a listener <laughs> question today uh, coming our way. The question is this. It says, um, I have close friends moving away from Jesus as the only way to God, and some come, out, come right out and say, so you really believe that I'm going to hell unless I believe Jesus is the only way. And the listener was wondering, what is our response to questions or comments like that? Um, so we were talking about this earlier. I, I didn't think of this right away, but this is what the Spirit is impressing upon me now. You like that? I do. Because I think one of the things that's easy to do is to hear things like that, and whether that's us receiving a question or you experiencing this in your own life, either in your own faith journey or people that you know and care about, is like the first thing that should be met with is like, I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. This is really difficult. Um, I I really like the way I'm wired. Just want to jump to all of the well. Here's why X Y and Z. <laughs> why you should think this way, and here's why it makes sense and it's rational. Um, but that these are real people on a real journey. Right. That they didn't just like, arrive here overnight. That yes. this has been a process for them. Right. Um, and it's probably been informed by things that are painful um, and maybe confusing or whatever uh, that have probably as we kind of think through things and talk about things that have really shaded and maybe jaded their view on Jesus and Christianity. So right. I just think we got we got to start from that place of like empathy is the right. Word, right? And so, so I would I would add then that whatever we say beyond this point is not where you start that conversation. You don't start with the answers that we're going right. to give, but instead you start with compassion. You start with empathy of trying to understand, um, but also maybe asking questions like, yeah. you know, when did this start? How long, you know, has this journey been for you? Mm -hmm. um, and ask them maybe even if they've ever read anything yeah. on the topic because they're not the first people to ever wrestle with this and to have these kinds of questions. Right. And, you know, it's just it's not what this, this podcast was about this episode, but here this is where it's going. We've, we have actually lost a lot of times the art of being able to have those kind of conversations. Mm -hmm. Right. And that, that's essentially what you're saying, like learn how to. Like we meet this with a conversation, not necessarily a list of, well, you thought about this, here's an what's called apologetics. Here's an apologetics argument or a book to read. Now that may come later, um, or you may be able to draw on those things during the conversation, but I like really what you said, like when did this journey start? Um, I think starting with a posture of curiosity, that's interesting, tell me more. Right. How did you, like, when did you start thinking this? Like, How did you arrive at this conclusion? Um, you know, and, and actually being sincere with that mm -hmm. and really wanting to know because you're actually not going to know how to address someone's uh, statement like that unless you know the backstory behind it. Because different right. people are going to arrive at their conclusions in different ways. Mm -hmm. And so someone who arrives at it like from this kind of uh, logical perspective, right? So it's like, well, I logically have arrived at this place. Well, you're not going to know that unless you've asked. Then to, to answer it with information or facts or arguments. Now, if you would go with the information, facts, and arguments without first asking the question, maybe they arrived at it because it was personal, right. because it was pain, because something happened. And then we don't take the time to learn that story and we go at it with like, well, here's all the re like the factual evidence for why, like that just comes off as cold and calloused, right? Mm -hmm. So getting to hear people's stories, so right. so good. So starting there, but also the person that is asking or making this statement to you 
is almost wanting to shut down conversation from the get-go because they there's an implied yes there that there's they assume you're going to say yes and therefore if you say yes that's the end of the conversation yeah and all more than likely the end of the friendship too right we don't have to talk about it anymore right Right. just like okay um yeah so when when you don't just say yes i believe that you go "Hmm, tell me more they're like tell me more tell me more was it love at first sight yeah, there you go. A little uh, Greece. Yeah, yeah, I know. yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You were yeah. in Greece, weren't I you? I was in Greece. Yeah, yeah. Paul was in Greece Back in, in high, high school. school days. Yeah. Who did you play in Greece? I wasn't anybody in particular, okay. but I was one of the chorus members. Oh, one of the chorus members. Yeah. You, you could see so I got to I got to wear a black leather jacket. I was gonna my... say you were a member of the. Fun, I had the some hair then, so it's right? kind of slicked back. <laughs> <laughs> you have a little little slicky. Yeah, there's not much there anymore. All right, let's actually get into answering. Again, after you've had the conversation and like, this is personal, this is relational. It's not just spewing facts at people, but I guess kind of how we would answer that question, right? Yeah. So um, the moment begin by asking questions, but then this statement is based on some assumptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, that um, can we well, let's take it in two parts first, okay? Because there are kind of two parts of the question, like was uh, kind of is Jesus the only way? You really think that? And then the second part uh, is. Well, so if you think that, do you think everybody else is going to hell? Okay. And so kind of like, what is the nature of, of hell, I mm-hmm. guess? I think it'll probably be part two. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because it seems like how it's kind of asked. So just right. so you guys know that's kind of how we're going to address it, I think. So um, <laughs> Jesus is the only way. Um, that's, a, that's a statement that a lot of people, especially in our Western culture, have a hard time mm-hmm. dealing with um, because it's popular to say in our society that, well, I make my own religion. I pick, uh, the parts of all these other religions that I like, mm-hmm. and I make my own religion, um, which does really a disservice to all these other religions mm-hmm. and is Western cultural appropriation or it's colonization, honestly, Ooh, uh, in a different way. Um, <laughs> it's like, yeah, your religion isn't good enough that we're going to take it over with our Western philosophy and our Western thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not a... It, it sounds nice because it's it's saying it's trying to say well I honor all these other cultures, mm-hmm. when in reality you really yeah. don't hold them in high regard to try to understand their religion, um, and to understand that those religions also make exclusive truth claims yeah. that they are the only way yeah. to get to God. Now within that religion, so like say it's Hinduism or Buddhism or uh, like Hare Krishna, they might say, well, there's many ways within our religion to yep. get to God, yes. but we are the ultimate way to reach that. Yeah. That's, I think that's really important, not just with this conversation, but any really conversation is just understanding where we start from and not imposing our values on the world around us. It is ironic. Um, kind of funny, a little sad that we do have this thing specifically as Western American 21st century where, you know, postmodernism, everybody, like there's no really truth. You just kind of all do your own thing. Um, it's okay. You can believe whatever you want, but that is very a unique thing to, to our time and space. And that is not common for most of human history. And it's mm-hmm. not common for most places in the world right. today, but we want to project that onto other people. So we are offended by the exclusive claims of, you know, Jesus or whatever religion really is. Like, mm-hmm. Hey, if it's exclusive, it's not cool. But other cultures are equally as offended by the implication that it's not exclusive. And so it's just, yeah, it's just always good to recognize where, how we do not, we are not blank slates as much as we like to think that we mm-hmm. are. Like, how have you been influenced and shaped? So, right. Yeah. I just so add that little part there. So back to that statement, Jesus is the mm-hmm. only way, uh, that's, 
a core tenet to the Christian mm-hmm. uh, faith. And Jesus actually said, I am the way, the truth, the life, not a way, mm-hmm. a truth, a life, but right. the very embodiment of life, uh, the, the very embodiment of the way to the Father, the very uh, embodiment of um, truth, truth. Uh, that he was the very word of God come alive in flesh. Um, and Christians have believed that for 2,000 years, and they don't just believe that because somebody wrote it down. They've got, right. It was written down in the Gospel of John, but they believe that because they saw Jesus. They did right. life with Jesus, then they saw him crucified, and then they had breakfast with him on the beach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that's it. We're just done there, right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was gonna say we're not done. <laughs> I mean, we're not. No, like that—that—that that, that is important. Um, and again, this is inherent within. Like when you say that—that that always, you know, could potentially lead to God, as you kind of mentioned previously. Like several religions are inherent, inherently kind of they, they contradict one another, um, and so they could all be false, but they can't all be true. Right. Right. And so specifically even around the person of Jesus, right? Like like Christianity claims a very specific thing about Jesus. Other religions claim different things about him. But so like they could all be false. We could all be just bonkers off our rocker, but they can't actually all be true at the mm-hmm. same time. Um, and so then we just say like Jesus is making these claims. And we'll probably come back to this idea several times is that within the... Christianity is unique in some ways in a lot of ways, but one of the ways that makes it unique is like its basis in historical events. Uh, and so like, as you mentioned, like the death of Jesus, which there's no um, no debate historically, that Jesus of Nazareth was a real person, um, that he lived during the time that the, the gospels claimed that he lived, that he was known to be a teacher, he was known to be a miracle worker, and he was executed on a Roman cross under Pontius Pilate. Like mm-hmm. all of that is attested, not only in the, in the gospels, which, are actually really good historical documents by like historical standards right. that take the faith part out of it. Um, but it's those, those facts are also attested in contemporary works of the gospels. Mm-hmm. Right. And so people like Josephus and Tacitus and other ones that I can't remember, but I know those two <laughs> that talk about Jesus. And so we know the life and death of Jesus beyond a shadow of a doubt. Right. The resurrection of Jesus. There are not like contemporary sources that come out and say, well, yeah, like Jesus rose from the dead. Um, because if, if we have a writing that says that, that that person would be what we would call a Christian because that's like the core belief of, of, of that. But um, there is a lot of really, really good evidence that he did. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's what Christianity would hold to, that something happened, that the, that the New Testament documents are, they're not just religious belief, they're eyewitness testimony right. about something. Um, that... There, and then and, and the, the Christians believe that from very, very early on. Because while we don't have external sources that say he rose from the dead, there are external sources within the first like couple of centuries of Christianity that say these people believe that this crucified Galilean rose from the dead. Mm-hmm. And so there's all that evidence. There's How the heck is the church here? Did it even survive? Right. Um, and it spread like it did. It's global. It's worldwide. It's the only religion that is global and worldwide. And cross-cultural. And cross-cultural. And like, and yet the, the core tenet is the death and resurrection of Jesus. And so because of like that kind of historical nature, backing up what Jesus says about himself, I'm the way and the truth mm-hmm. and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. The nature of Christianity says like something happened. Therefore, if this happened, it's the thing that happened. Um, I think sometimes when we get into these questions about like worldview and belief and 
we, we move them into the category of simply philosophical or theoretical or theological or spiritual. Like these are some nice ideas to believe and you know, you believe different things, but Christianity lives in this place of its intersection with historical realities. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that's like you were saying, that's why we come to it's like, okay, Jesus died and he rose. And if that's then true, then it's actually, the crazy thing isn't to believe that he's the only way if that's true. The crazy thing would be not to believe that. <laughs> right. And, and I want to touch on something that you said a little bit ago about Christianity being cross-cultural. Um, Christianity is the only world religion that is inclusive of other cultures. Um, so many other world religions are inclusive if you are ethnically of that culture, yes. um, but Christianity crosses ethnicities and cultures, mm -hmm. um, and it's such a beautiful thing. Yeah. It's the most inclusive and ethnic, ethnically diverse religion in the world. Yes, yeah, which is awesome. And just kind of even speaking on that, um, you know, it crosses different cultures, and, and that is absolutely beautiful. Again, asking these questions about Jesus being the only way, a lot of times that's mostly a kind of a Western and American way of thinking. Mm -hmm. um, and so we kind of import the Western Jesus onto all of Christianity, or a kind of, uh, this is such a triggering buzzword right now, and I hate to even use it, but whiteness onto Jesus. Like we make the assumption that Christianity is a Western European religion. Mm -hmm. It's really not. No. It started in the Mediterranean, in the Middle East, in Northern Africa, right? And then it spread out from there into Asia and Europe, and, and it's literally all over the world. Like, right. you, like you said, like you can actually pull up these maps that show the spread of world religions. They pretty much all stay in the geographic location that they started except for Christianity. Right. But what's unique though, there is this embrace of other cultures and ethnicities within it. So if you look at uh, artwork that's been produced by the church throughout the centuries, in the different areas, even how they depict Jesus, Jesus looks like their culture. Mm -hmm. Like we, we always kind of give a hard time about like, why does Jesus look white in all these paintings? Cause you're looking at artwork from Europe, <laughs> but you can actually go to different areas and like Jesus looks very, very different. Yeah. And yet, even though there's this 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 identity, I think it's an idea that like this identity, Jesus identifies with us, and so that's why we reflect him as looking like us. Even though we have that in different cultures, they don't lose their cultural uniqueness, right? Right? Because they, they, they're holding on to that. But yet, the core of it stays the same: the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Right. So it is super inclusive in that way, right? right? And even today, Christianity is majority non-white. Oh yeah, by a, it's, it's all in the global, not all, but like it's majorly in the global South. Mm -hmm. I believe it's either going to be soon or it already is the highest population of Christians are in Africa. I think so. I think it We talked about that several I think it's podcasts it's back. surpassed uh, the United States and Europe yeah. Uh, recently. Yeah, uh, and there's really good evidence to suggest that it could potentially be or it will be in China at some point, but we just don't know because you can't like openly identify on a survey. It's like, yeah, I'm a Christian in China. It's right. kind of frowned upon. So yeah, it's not, it is global. Right. And so mm -hmm. that, again, that gets even back into like the assumptions that we make when we say, Hey, it's not cool that it's exclusive. It's like, well, you're talking about a lot, a lot, a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. All right. We got a tangent. Yeah. We got off on a tangent. So let's we come were. back to <laughs> Jesus being the only oh, yeah, way. Yeah, so yeah, 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 we yeah. said, not only do we believe that because of the resurrection evidence, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. also um, the Christian story is not based just about Jesus. Jesus, uh, this Christian story goes back to a cosmic yes, story. It's fulfilled in Jesus. Yes. It finds its resolution in Jesus. Um, before you get into the cosmic story that I, I know you're just, you're just dying to talk about. Go you ahead. Hold that thought. 
Okay. If you hold that thought. I'll hold on to it. This is something that we come back to a lot as a church, and so we always want to mention this. One of the, the confusions or the problems with this question is it assumes that the goal is um, that, that Jesus resolves this thing just so I can get to heaven, mm. not solve the cosmic story. Um, because it doesn't make as much sense if you're just saying, well, Jesus is the only way to get to heaven and that he's just solving the my barrier into heaven thing. He's not. It's bigger than that. It is this cosmic thing. Now you can go ahead. Thanks, Phil. You're welcome. It's not, uh, not just... So it, it's the, the it's the cosmic story because whenever we open up the pages of scripture in the very beginning, we see God creating heaven and earth, and we see Him creating Eden, this place where uh, God space and human space overlap, mm-hmm. this cosmic temple, and then out of there, humanity was supposed to carry what God had started, and in par- perfect partnership with God, they were supposed to do that to bring flourishing and order to the rest of creation. But instead, uh, humanity decided that well, I want to be like God. Mm-hmm. And so they decided to go their own way. And so that was a human rebellion. But at the same time, there's also a spiritual rebellion because here's the thing. God made other spiritual beings, which is a conversation for another it's day. A can of worms. Great book, The Unseen Realm by Dr. Dr. Michael Heiser. Mm-hmm. Um, highly recommend that book. So just pick that up, read through it. Um, and have your mind blown. That's right. <laughs> um, so God also created other spiritual beings. Yes. Um, and as human beings made in God's image, we were supposed to rule and rule over those other spiritual things. But they wanted to also be like God and didn't like the fact that God created humanity unique. And so... Phil, you want to say something? I do. Because <laughs> okay. one of them, you know, was, was there in the garden. Right. He's a spiritual being. And he's a snack. <laughs> snack, a snack. snack, a snack, a snack. <laughs> but yeah, it's a... Sp- the snake is a the serpent is a spiritual is a spiritual being, being. and an Elohim, yeah. um, which all these other spiritual beings are considered to be lesser gods or lesser Elohim as uh, the Israelites understood, mm-hmm. and so whenever there is a that that human rebellion and a cosmic rebellion, there is uh, what um, scholars call a disinheriting of the nations and God giving over the nations that is you know the nations of the earth to these lesser these lesser gods saying, okay, if that's who you want to follow, go for it, go ahead, see if that leads to life and to flourishing, but I'm going to choose one people group. I'm going to choose one person to begin to bring all those other nations back. So that way God space and human space can perfectly overlap and and, and the cosmos can be ordered as it was supposed to have been ordered. Right. Okay. And so God chooses that one right. that one nation. Well, it starts with the man Abram, Abraham, and then that leads to the nation of Israel. The Messiah comes from Israel, Jesus. Right. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is the resolution of, you know, God's space, human space coming back together, the resolution of the separation between people and God, and the defeat of spiritual evil. Right. Right. So this is where it's like you gotta the, the, the cosmic story, this is more than just I I do bad. And I need a way to get to God. And so I'm, I think Jesus is the way to get to God. This is when we look at the very nature of existence and the reality of the world that we live in and the way that things are and how things have been set up, um, we need something that brings a resolution to that entire story, especially this idea of spiritual evil. Uh, the church hasn't always talked well about this, at least in our context. It's a much more, again, Western, um, like just give me practical stuff. Right. like talk to me about the heebie-jeebie spiritual evil stuff. It's just kind of weird. We just, we just don't like that. But I, I don't think it takes you to be a person of great faith to look around at the world 
and say there is there's something more going that's going on than just people do bad things mm-hmm. right like there is there is legit evil that is like animating and orchestrating things you know like there's just something that's there and so that's where the biblical story comes along and says well yeah like hum- there's human rebellion but there's also some supernatural spiritual beings that are they're, they're wreaking havoc in mm-hmm. like corrupting humans to right. do evil things and so we need a solution to that massive story right so that massive that solution to that massive story was Jesus mm-hmm. and seeking to rescue for himself a people um, to bring unity between God and man but also then to begin the process of restoring the nations back yes. to God to yeah. rescue them from those lesser gods and bring them uh, under God's rule and reign in a way that will bring human flourishing and lead to life that's why Jesus said I am the life I am the way I am the, the truth mm-hmm. I'm not one of many truths because those other truths are really not truths because I am the the king of kings and lord of lords the yes. one that rules over all those other spiritual beings that you are following and yes. Jesus says leave them behind because mm-hmm. it doesn't lead to life right right and it's cool like the full the full arc then of the biblical narrative right it's like you know, Jesus shows up and now the nations that were disinherited he wants to bring them back in and so now you see the the inclusivity and the beauty and the mm-hmm. diversity in the church it's like yeah it was always what God wanted to do is always supposed to be for everyone, right. but we chose to walk away from that. And it was for everyone because even within the Jewish tradition, there was a oh, way yeah. for non-Jewish people to come under God's right. rule and authority. It was um, a lot more work. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot more work, but there was a way for that to yeah. happen. Uh, but now within uh, the new covenant and with Jesus's um, rule and reign, it's been made much easier. So that's why um, we see Jesus sending his disciples out to all the nations. That's why in the book of Acts, we see uh, all the tongues being represented, the different languages, because it's God's rule going out over all nations to bring those nations back to him. Yeah. So I don't know where I'm going from there. Where are you going from there? Well, we kind of wrapped up uh, the cosmic spiritual rebellion and Jesus saying that I am the way right one other thing touching on that though that there's another theme that develops you know in the human side of things as you said we were supposed to be god's partners right mm-hmm. to rule and reign. that's actually what it means to be made in the image of god is his his priestly rulers and representatives and that was corrupted um, and so jesus shows up on the human side of things he's 100 human 100 god and he shows up and he is god's image in the way that humanity was supposed to be the mm-hmm. image of God like the perfect this is what it looks like when a human is fully like in relationship doing what they should um, and that's something that we could never aspire to right and so this is where kind of the second part of, of the I guess the Jesus uh, story right it's like you put your faith in him and evil and sin whether that's personal whether that's cosmic that is taken care of but now he's also creating this redeemed empowered humanity to live out their original calling as image bearers, mm-hmm. right? So this is where, again, it's not just do you go to heaven or not. It's Jesus is creating, calling and creating a new people in himself and empowering those people through his spirit because now through the power of the spirit, we live as the image bearers that we were always supposed to be. Right, and so whenever we go out wherever we go, then when we're living mm-hmm. as the image bearers that we are called to be, you have this overlap of God space and human space. Yes. 
Right. Like we actually are, this is crazy to think about, like we in our bodies as followers of Jesus are the overlap of God's space and human right. space because we are physical existing in this world and yet the Holy Spirit is living within us. Right. And that's why the Apostle Paul said, you all are a temple of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Y'all are, are the body of Christ because it's that overlap. It's what God had initially set up and now we see that. Yeah. And so the, the idea of Jesus being the only way in that context is the only way that makes sense of the whole story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, what's this world like? What's wrong with it? What's broken? How do you fix it? You know, what was humanity supposed to be? Like all of that finds its fulfillment in the person of Jesus. And ultimately that story is still being played out, right? Because right? we're still in this in-between, these two ages, that this present age of darkness is still very, very present, even though the powers of darkness are defeated mm-hmm. they're still that they're living on borrowed time but he will return and redeem and, and restore everything um and so now you could say well i don't believe that story is true at all and that's legitimate like you you gotta man i think in all the ways of viewing the world there are lots of ways to see things there are mm-hmm. lots of narratives that you could live right. out of most of the time we go about our lives not even paying attention to the narrative that we're living out of right and so I think there's there's evaluation that needs to be said. It's like, okay, what worldview, what faith tradition makes the most sense of everything I know and experience about the world, whether that makes history, science, the sciences, um, is human nature, philosophy, morality, like which one? Now, everyone, even Christianity, has like some holes where you're like, I don't know how this part works. So it's not which one perfectly explains everything. Right but which one makes the best sense of all of it? Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm biased, but I'll try to be as objective as possible. Like Christianity comes in and does that. It says, this is the story that we're living out of. And if that's true, then Jesus is the resolution of the mm-hmm. story because of his death and resurrection. Right. Now, before we get into the second part of that question, I just want to add something um, and say that, you know, this truth statement of Jesus it is exclusive, but it is the most ec- or inclusive uh, postmodern way of approaching mm-hmm. a culture to say, look, guys, I am the way. And if you follow me, it's going to lead to life, but I'm not going to force myself yes. on you. I'm going to let you make the decision. You are in the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. And then once you begin to follow me, I'm going to give you a helper. I'm going to give you my spirit to help you become that person that yeah. you are created to be. I'm not going to, to you know, expect you to become that way first, but rather I'm going to empower you by my spirit. Mm-hmm. And so ultimately it's up to you. I'm not going to force it on you. Yeah, I, I mentioned that in a sermon a couple weeks ago. Like there's a difference between it being exclusive and people being excluded, mm-hmm. right? Like exclusive is like th- this is the only way, but everyone is invited to come in this way. Exclude, like people being excluded would say, sorry, that group over there is not invited. Right. It's like, no, like anybody can come. Right. So I don't know if that helped at all. I don't know. But that's the first part. That's so the, the second part. part that, is... that puts a wrap on like, okay, the, the Jesus story is much bigger than are you going to go to the good place, not the bad place when you die. Right. So that leads us to the bad place. Um, <laughs> are, you know, so you, you think that if I don't believe that Jesus is the only way that I'm going to hell. Yes. And then also I think there's like a, kind of a, a rhetorical so what about like people that live in other places they've never heard the message of jesus you know all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. so let's start off with hell um number one we have <laughs> it's a fun place to start a, as oh. as westerners we have a distorted picture of what that is thanks dante um <laughs> that isn't 
well represented or supported yeah. by the biblical narrative. Yeah, most of our pictures of hell come from medieval art and literature, not, right. from, not scripture. from scripture. Um, and so there's different interpretations of what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time when biblical authors talk about hell, they just talk about the grave, mm-hmm. going down to the grave to oh, death. Yeah, especially the Old Testament. Like, yeah. It's just like, it's Hades. Everybody goes to the, to the grave. Everybody, whether mm-hmm. good or bad, to the grave. Straight to the grave. Straight to jail. Um, yeah. So, I'm sorry. I cut you off. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I don't even know what I was going to say next. Talk about hell, of course, obviously. Um, yeah, but so, oh yeah, this is so, so like the, the pictures that we have, the biblical authors, a lot of times just talking about the grave. But even when, when they talk about this idea um, of, of hell and kind of like that idea of like God's final judgment, so much of our... Uh, understanding of what that is comes from again certain artwork and literature and portrayals of that 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 end up looking like a subterranean torture chamber mm-hmm. right where it's just like fire and that that fails to take into account that those descriptions that the biblical authors give of hell are not this might get me into tr- trouble with some people they're not literal descriptions um, they're ways of talking about certain attributes in things um like the like a, the really good example is the idea that that hell is described. You know, it's a, it's a it's a unquenched fire. It's a burning. It's it's forever. It's fire. It's flames. It's darkness at the same time. I'll say, but at the same time, it's utter darkness. Now, if you've ever been around fire, it, 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 and and it's dark outside, fire makes darkness go away. And so, obviously, when the authors are talking about it's fire, and it's dark, those are not. It's not literal images. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually, the fire one specifically, all throughout Scripture, is always used as uh, the, the symbol of refinement, of right. like purifying. It's this picture of God is going to burn away, not literally with fire, but like it's, it's like the purifying process of getting rid of all evil. It's like, okay, it's gone now. It's been burnt up. Um, yeah. And darkness, I, I think, would just be like the separation from light, separation from good, mm-hmm. ultimately separation from God. Right. And so like... First thing, I think when we're talking about hell, we need to eliminate the, the pop culture aspect out of it um, and say, what does scripture actually say about this? Mm-hmm. And ultimately, we, we really don't I'll know because scripture it's doesn't say very, this very is vague. exactly what hell is or Gehenna. Um, but we know for sure that hell is separation from God. Okay, as no, I thought no, you had... Okay. No, I, I, you, so, you keep talking. So we know for sure that hell is separation from God. We don't know ultimately what that looks like. But here's the thing that we also know about hell is that God doesn't send people there. That it's ultimately a, it's a choice that we make by either choosing to follow Jesus or follow another way, uh, another God, whether that's uh, ourself being God or the gods of our cultures or of our culture. But there are... Other ways that do not lead ultimately to life and to human flourishing. Um, and so it's a choice that we make. And C.S. Lewis had a famous quote. I'm uh, looking up some okay. C.S. Lewis quotes. Go ahead. He, where he famously said, at the end of days, there will be those that um, say to God, thy will be done. Meaning, you know, God, I want you to do your will. And those to whom God will say, thy will be done. Basically, okay, if that's what you want, that's what you can have. If you want to be separated from me okay, I'm going to let you have it. I'm not going to force my will and my presence upon you. Did you find it? Um, getting there, getting there. 
Uh, yeah, so that's it's the, the continuation of the quote that you just said. There are only two kinds of people in the end. Those who say to God, thy will be done, and those to whom God says in the end, thy will be done. All that are in hell, choose it. Without that self-choice, it, would no, it would, could be no hell. Uh, no soul that seriously and constantly desires joy will ever miss it. Those who seek, find, and those who knock, it is open. Right. So it's this idea of God honoring our choices. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think well, another author, I thought it was Lewis, I couldn't find it, though, says that... Uh, that hell is locked from the inside, right? Um, and actually, it would be people are, are would say you know it, it's unloving for a God to send people to hell. I don't even like that word because God doesn't send people to hell. But um, but I think what would be worse, especially in, in our culture as we kind of think about things, would be for God to force Himself upon people that don't want Him, and so. If we don't want him in this life right now, I don't love God. I don't want anything to do with God. Why would I want him for all eternity? Mm-hmm. Like that would be torturous. That would be awful to be right. like. That would be hell. That would be hell if I do not. I do not like this God. I do not love him. I do not like anything he has to stand for. To make me be in his presence for all eternity would be awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's just I don't know where I was going with that, but C.S. Lewis, brilliant. Right. So God will say to people, "Okay, if you don't want my presence, yes." It's, a, it's your choice. Right, because ultimately whatever hell is, it is being outside of the presence of God, mm-hmm. the goodness of God. Right. And so that brings us then to um, that question, well, what about people in other cultures? And ultimately we don't know. We don't know. And Scripture doesn't say. And who says with certainty that they do know, like, don't listen to them. <laughs> They're lying. They're lying. And um, back to kind of the beginning of the, this conversation, you know, we, we, um, we don't come into these things with a blank slate. Like it's not just like a lot of times when people are like I'm questioning these things, mm-hmm. there's something behind that. And so right. maybe it came from a being told by Christians or a church that, you know, yeah, oh, what about people who've never heard? Of, oh, they're all going to burn in hell. That's why we got to go be missionaries. We got to tell them. And it's like that can inform some just terrible theology because mm-hmm. that's, that's not true. That's not biblical. We don't right. find that anywhere. Right. Like we shouldn't try to like where the Bible is silent, we should be silent. We don't yeah. need to try to fill things in and hold it up, you know, with the word of God. Like this is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So ultimately we don't, we don't know about other, other cultures. Um, yes. There is non-scriptural evidence of people in other cultures um, that are not Christian, never met a Christian of God appearing to them, them having visions and dreams. Yep. Um, we see God using non-Christians in the old Testament to do incredible things and to proclaim his word. So we don't know ultimately what God can do and how God might choose to reach right. people that haven't had a chance to hear about him. Yeah, and that's, that's not for us to decide. When you come to those things, I think what's most helpful is you, you rely on, when, when it comes to our faith, when it comes to God, and there's those gaps of things that we don't know, you fill in the gaps of what you don't know by leaning on what you do. Mm-hmm. How will God handle people who never heard the message of Jesus? I don't know, but what I do know is the character of God, and that was revealed, again, in a historic, like, God becoming flesh, dying on a cross. That is the character mm-hmm. of God, his love for the world. So I will let that inform how I fill in the blanks of what I don't know. I don't know how things will work out, but I trust that he's a good and loving God that loves people, including the people that have never even heard the name Jesus, mm-hmm. loves them enough to die for them. Right. So that's going to kind of inform how I see these other things. All right, any final thoughts, Phil? Um, final thoughts. Final thoughts. I don't know. I don't know. 
don't know if I want to get into that or not. What my final thought might be. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll save that, I think, for another episode. Yeah, because we've gone kind of long. Maybe next Maybe next month. We can have next month. We can keep talking about hell next month. Love it. So, we talked about it a long time ago, but I think it'd be a good to tail to end it. this of like, okay, if hell's not a subterranean torture chamber, is it something that even where people are tortured like forever and ever and ever, or is it a limited time? What exactly is that? I think that might be important for people to maybe know some of the different perspectives, perspectives in Christian, like not outside of Christianity in Christian history mm-hmm. um, to have a better understanding of what that is. Okay. Yeah. So there you have it. You have uh, a lot of murkiness Murky. uh, after our conversation, but what I hope you leave today with is whenever you encounter friends, family members that make that statement to not write them off, but to ask questions, mm. to seek to, to, to strengthen that relationship, to have a conversation. Um, and in the back of your mind, maybe you know the answers, but you're not starting with those answers. Yeah. With that, that thought and with the topic of hell, it just brought this verse into my mind because sometimes like we want to be really mean to people. Like, here's what you just need to know, what you just need to believe. Because if not, you're going to go to hell. We threaten people with, with hell. But Paul says it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. Mm-hmm. And that's just something that we always need to remember in our conversations that threatening people with Jesus or bludgeoning people with Jesus is not the way of Jesus. No. It's his kindness that leads us to him. So lead with the beautiful love and grace of mm-hmm. Jesus and let the spirit work. Amen. All right. We'll see you next time on our conversation as we go into Phil's final thought. I mean, we're um, talking a little more about hell. Talk a little <laughs> more about hell next time. So, so next time guys. See Thank ya. you.